Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Turning your Bibles this morning with uh, me, if you would, to the book of Luke. Luke, and uh, we're going to conclude our Wonder Woman series today in looking at one more prominent woman in Scripture. And uh, then at the end of the service, once again, we'll dismiss for a moment, and then we're going to dedicate some children, and uh, you can head out for the barbecue as well. Uh, but today I want to look at a woman that we normally hear about at Christmas time. And as a matter of fact, it's probably the only time we really get into the story that much. And we're going to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Luke chapter 1. Going to read uh, two different passages to you, Luke chapter 1, and then we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 1 and uh, see what's happening there. So let me read it. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, just a couple of short verses. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. See, in your mind, aren't you already thinking Christmas right now? I ordered the weather just so you would get in the mood, all right? You know, so you're already thinking trees and lights and to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month of her who is called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Let me read that part again. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. I love, I love her response. Verse 38. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Now, Matthew chapter 1, something going on on the other side with a guy named Joseph. Matthew 1 verse 18, and it says, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. In other words, he, didn't, he wasn't aware of the whole game plan, right? But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him, and he married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth 
to a son, and he named him Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Uh, Lord, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, I pray that the next few moments that we have together, that you would just help us bring uh, this series to a close. But more importantly, God, you would impact us in such a way that we'd walk out of here transformed. Lord, teach us now in these holy moments from your word and what we may learn from this woman named Mary. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Uh, I've been talking uh, really about the last couple months. It's been weaved into almost every message I've been talking about and speaking on that God is a God of process. That the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he's a God of process. Now, now we are fundamentally challenged immediately with that because we are a humanity of the product. We are people that love the product. We, we, don't, we don't care how it got us there. We just, we, we just want the product. Are you with me, right? We, we want the end result. And so because of that, sometimes in this, in this faith journey, in this Christian walk, there is an automatic collision that takes place because he's a God of the process and we're a people of the product. We, we want to be over here living the dream. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be this walk. It could be our marriage right? It could be a business. It could be our finances. We want the end result. We want the good stuff, but, but yet the reality is we live our life in transition. We live our life in process. He's a God of the process. He, he loves the process, but here is one of the other challenges we have with that is that although God is a God of the process, he never comes to us and announces the process. He always announces the product. Are you with me? He always shows us the good stuff. He shows us what it's going to be like, right? Like when you're daydreaming about, you know, getting married and marriage is bliss and then you get married and you realize, come on, it's a process, right? You know, you're thinking about school and how amazing, you know, or whatever, and then all of a sudden you get in the trenches. You're thinking about starting a business, and let's be honest, none of us think about the early years of a business. We think about all the benefits and the rewards of the business. But he's a smart God, and so he doesn't show us the process. He shows us the product because he knows we're a people of the product. Are you with me? I never forget when God began to speak to me and my wife about starting a church in San Diego. I mean, who wouldn't want to live in San Diego? Are you with me? I mean, we were in Las Vegas, Nevada. Come on. Are you with me? We were in the middle of hell. Come on, somebody. It was hot all the time. Well, that's not true. It was cold in the winter, but it was hot. And I'm, they lie to you about the weather there, by the way. When you see the, the, the temperatures that they advertise, they say it's 110, they lie. It's like 125. It's true. They just don't want to scare all the tourists away. Man, I was living there, and God began to show Katie and I about this church that we would start in San Diego. But I got to tell you something. When God showed me the church in San Diego, I haven't, I, he didn't show me the last six or seven years that we've been through. No, he showed me Qualcomm Stadium. Come on, somebody. Why are you laughing? Right? And he showed me on a big stage in the middle of the stadium and 65,000 people. And come on, worship like we had this morning. Come on, somebody. Right? And he showed me all of this, and man, how we'd have multiple campuses and, and, and small groups, and man, people be flocking by the, by the thousands. No, the millions. Are you with me? Right? And we would talk and dream about the church. And man, we're like, we're there and we're in it and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden, people got involved. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hmm. And then we get in it. And the process from what God showed me. <laughs> and guess what? We're still not at the product. Are you with me? That is the way we live life. 
This is the way that God shows up to us. Listen to me. I want to speak to you just for a few moments on doing something great for God. What does it mean to be used greatly by God? What does it mean to be used greatly by God? Here we have a story this morning talking about Mary, the the mother of of Jesus, and we'll, we'll get back to it again when Christmas rolls around. But today there is so much we can learn from it about the process and the product. There's so much we can learn from it because God never shows up and announces to you the process. Never does. He comes and he announces the product and it's in the process, though, because here's it. Why is God a God of the process? Because he doesn't really care about the end result that much. He already got it figured out. We're, you know, we're going to go to heaven. He's already triumphant over the enemy. Come on, the, the devil's already been defeated. Sickness and disease have already been conquered. Are you with me? Happened at the cross, right? It's already done. We get to live in that. But here's the thing. He, he wants to do something inside of you. And so it's as you walk in this process, heading towards the destination, heading towards the, the product, it's in that process where God does a work in you. You heard from two women this morning, what were they talking about? They were talking about the process that God did in them on a retreat. I, I think of a guy in the Old Testament named Joseph. You might know him as Joseph, a man with a coat of many colors. Yeah, you, you, you've probably heard the story, or maybe you've seen the play, right? And I think about him, when you read the story of Joseph, I mean, God does not show up to him and say, Joseph, you are going to be betrayed by your family. You're going to be thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, go work for a guy whose wife is going to lie about you, get thrown into prison for a couple years. But it's okay, because after you go through all that, you're going to be ruling the kingdom. And if God shows up that like, we're like, mm, mm, mm. You got, the, you got the wrong person. Go talk to Pastor Brandon. He, he, he likes punishment. You got, you got the wrong person. No, he shows up to Joseph in a dream. And his dreams are like, and he gets up and tells his brothers, guys, I had a dream. What was it? I had a dream that, man, I had this big, you know, thing of, of wheat, you know, and it was there. And, and you guys had some too, but yours were all bowing down to my wheat. Didn't make his brothers real happy, Right? But that's how God shows up to us. God shows up to us and it's like, wow, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And marriage is going to be awesome and finances and everything, kids being obedient. and Right? Listen to the way he shows up to Mary. Did, did, did you see it in Scripture? He says, hey, Mary, favored one, God is with you. Who wouldn't want to hear that? Hey, God, you can send angels all night to my house if that's what they're gonna say, right? The angel doesn't show up and say, hey, psst, Mary, you're gonna get impregnated and you're gonna carry a child that's not Joseph's and it's gonna be really cool. It's not the first thing he says. No, he comes, he says, hey, you're favored, you're favored. And then he begins to break down. And by the way, some stuff is gonna happen along the way. You with me? So let me just give you a couple of thoughts here, if I can, just in the next few moments about what, what, what do I need to understand to be used greatly by God? Because honestly, I can't, I can't think of another woman in Scripture. We talked about some prominent women in Scripture, but she's really actually a young girl right now. She's probably somewhere between 15 and 16 years old. Could you imagine? And here she is, and, and this is the, the plan and the purpose. I can't think of it. Really, she's the first disciple in Scripture. 
She's the first person to carry Jesus to humanity, right? This is a powerful, powerful thing that takes place. She is used greatly by God. So let me just give you a few things this morning before we dedicate some children to the Lord and head out for a barbecue. What, what do I need to understand to be used greatly by God? Let me just give you this thought, favor. 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 As you're on this journey, this Christian walk, this spiritual journey, you've got to understand something that God does want to do something great in and through you. But here's the first thing you got to understand. You got to understand this idea of favor. The angel comes to her and says, hey, Mary, God has found favor in you. Okay? You didn't find favor in God. God came with the favor and put it on you, Mary. Okay? You got to understand that. Because everything significant we will do in the kingdom of God is first and foremost because of his grace. It's because of him and him alone. Listen, Mary wasn't staying up late praying, you know, down on her knees, God, do something great in my life. Now, there's nothing wrong with that prayer if that's what you're doing. But no, she was, she was living her life. And as she lived her life, God shows up and says, I'm going to use you. It's a powerful thought. That word favor, it's the same word grace. It's the same word pleasure. This is what it means. It means of the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps them, strengthens them, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, kindness, okay? Listen to this part. To which that they can exercise the virtues of God. God shows up, Mary, I got favor for you. We've got to understand that. Man, this thing, it's grace, and it's grace alone. That's why Ephesians 2.10 says that we've been saved by grace. His grace, We've got to understand that, that he is the one that comes to us and shows us the plan. Take that back. Shows us the product, right? He's the one that shows up and says, I got a plan for your life. I got a purpose for your life. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really good. I'm going to empower you to do it. Come on. You can do it. All you have to do is say yes. He does it. Why does he do it? Because he can. He's God. You mean there's nothing that I can do to win over his favor? No. No, you can't. Matter of fact, the Bible makes sure you know that. And he says, hey, even while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Let me put that in modern translation. Even while you were still jacked up, God says, I can use you. Right? Even while you're still crooked, I can use you. Why? Because it's about favor. It's about grace. It's about what he does and not what I do. He extends his grace, he extends his favor, and he invites Mary to be a part of it. And that same grace, that same favor that he extended to Mary, he extends still today to humanity and says, come on in. I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. It's awesome. But, but God, I look jacked up right now. And God's like, I know. It's okay. I can use you because I'm God. And can I just say this? I believe this with all my heart, that when we look at what Christ did on the cross, he did not die because our sins were that bad. I believe he died because his future plans for you are that good. His future plans for your life are that good. And he wants to set you on that plan. He wants to put you in that purpose. He's got amazing things. It's because of favor. It's because of grace. And he shows up and he knocks and he says, hey, come on into the plan. 
come on into the purpose. How many of you guys thankful for that today? Come on. I'm thankful for it. But let me just look at this next idea because here is Mary. And he says, hey, favored one shows up. And Mary understands as the angel begins to now share some things with her. Hey, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have a baby. What's the first thing she says? How is that going to be? I've never been with a man. I, I, I've kept myself for, for marriage. Never been with a man. And see, it had to be a virgin so that there would be no question that it was a miracle. She was prepared for the miracle. I want you to write this thought down, preparedness. 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 Although, yes, it's all about his grace. He shows up, chooses whom he chooses, invites into the plan whoever he invites in. Although that's all on him, there is something to be said about preparedness. Mary would have been excluded from the whole plan if she wasn't a virgin. You with me? Because there, 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 there can be a question. This had to be a miracle, right? So nobody could ask questions. And this young woman was prepared. Although it's all about his favor, although it's all about him and his grace, and he shows up and chooses whom he chooses, there's something to be said about being prepared. There's something to be said about doing our part. Are you with me? That's why the Bible says this. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, the eyes of the Lord look throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are loyal to him so that he could show himself faithful. There's something to be said about being prepared, preparedness. I, I think of this, this story. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's about the, the, the wise virgins in the Bible. Maybe you've never heard this. And it talks about that God is coming back. And no one knows the hour or the time or the season. And these wise virgins, man, they prepared their lamps and they get oil, right? And they keep that lamp lit so they don't miss the coming. The Bible mentions that there's some other ones that they didn't come prepared. And they miss it. What's it talking about? It's talking about being prepared. There's something to be said about preparedness. I'll never forget a time when a friend had called me. And it was a last-minute trip. Um, I, I can't remember. I think it might have been to Haiti. And uh, he was going, and the trip was going to be all paid for. He was like, hey, man, it's in four weeks. If you can swing it, it'll be awesome. We're going to be doing some mission stuff there. I'd love for you to come check it out with us and, and all this stuff. And, and I was like, well, sweet, what do I need? He said, you need just, you know, just get it, show up, man. It's paid for, and you need a passport. And I was like, okay, sweet. So I go and look at my passport. My passport was expired. I was like, dang it. And I didn't have enough time to get all the things in order to get this new passport. And because of that, I missed out on this incredible free trip. Why? Because I wasn't prepared. I had friends telling me for so long, like, you should always have your passport ready. Now, these are people that live in conspiracy theory, but you never know what's going to happen. you got to be ready to get out of the country immediately. I'm like, listen, if it's gotten so bad that i got to flee the country immediately, I just want to go to heaven. Come on, somebody. You with me? But I wasn't prepared, so I didn't get to go on the trip. Listen, I wonder, I wonder sometimes Yes, I know God's favor and grace shows up and he chooses whom he chooses. But I think about this sometimes because I wasn't prepared in a season of life did I miss out on an opportunity for his grace to be extended to me. 
See, we talk a lot and we read scriptures and we, we equip ourselves so that we can resist the devil, right? We talk about preparing ourselves to, to man, to fight against sin and, and to not be swept away by things. What would happen if we said, you know, yeah, let's prepare ourselves so the tempter, when he comes, we can resist. I heard a sermon the other day, and it was a great sermon about how Jesus defeated the devil with the word of God and how we should know the word of God so when the enemy comes in, man, we can be ready and we can give the word of God to fight back. Such a great message. But how much more should we prepare ourselves so when God shows up and wants to use us greatly, we are in the right spot, the right position. Here I am. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but I want to be used greatly by, by God. But in order to do that, man, I've got to, be, I've got to be prepared. Timothy talks about it. Be a vessel of honor, sanctified and set apart for the master's good and perfect use. We need to prepare ourselves so that when God shows up, we can be used by, by him, by him. What about trust? Here's another thought for you. To be used greatly by God, what about trust? What about trust? I mean, it's one thing to have that moment where God shows up to you and shows you the product, and you say yes, and you get in the journey, and now you're in the middle of the journey, and you realize it's a process. Anybody with me? There's something to be said about trust. Trusting that God got it right. Now that, I know in church you're like, oh, come on, pastor, he's God. He always gets it right. Let's be honest. You question God about six times a day. Or maybe that's just pastors, I don't know. But <laughs> trust, do you trust him? Something so powerful about that thought. And let's be honest, this couldn't have been easy for Mary. I mean, maybe in that moment, okay, I'm the Lord's servant, let it be done. But all of a sudden now, let's, let's be honest. Now we don't see a whole lot of it in scripture, but think about it now. She never been with a man. People, people talking. Right? God, I'm just trusting that you got this thing handled. Trusting that you got this thing, thing worked out. Trust is essential. See, I really do believe that God wants to use each and every one of us in a great way. Now, now our definitions of, might be great, of great might be different, you know? But I believe there's going to be, there's some great moms in here. There's some great business people in here. There's some great thought, whatever it is, that God wants to use you in a great way. But when the rubber hits the road, you better trust. When all of a sudden, man, the product isn't there yet and you're walking through the process and it feels like all hell is breaking loose in your life, you better trust. You know why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Man, don't lean into your own understanding. Our understanding, man, if we do that, it'll mess us up every time, right? Because I'm sure, I'm sure that there was times when Mary probably felt unloved, unlovely, right? Taken advantage of, whatever. I mean, but here she was, and she trusted. She trusted the process. We've got to trust. We want to be used greatly by God. Listen to me. This, this life is a life of faith. It's a life of trust. It's a life of obedience, right? Got to trust. When God calls you by his favor, what about this idea? What about this idea of obedience? Obedience. Obedience. I mean, she teaches us so much 
about just continuing on in obedience. The plan, to continue to walk it out. Obedience. See, here's, here's the thing is I, I think in our culture, there's so much uh, uh, glorification and honor that is given to sacrifice and busyness, right? People, oh, man, you, how much did you sacrifice? I mean, you had to give stuff up, and, man, you are working so hard, and you are busy all the time, and I feel like there's so much glorification and honor given to that. Like, that's something to be celebrated. But what about, what about if God comes to you and wants to put you in a holding pattern? And wants you to say, hey, put the brakes on, son. Put the brakes on, daughter. You, you're just going to sit for a while. No, 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 I can't do that. I got, I got to be doing something. I got to be a, a human doing, not a human being. Come on, somebody. Right? Rather than just being content with being a child of God, we got to be doing something for God all the time. But what if God shows up and says, you know what I want you to do, son? You know what I want you to do, daughter? Is I just want you to carry this baby in your belly for the next 10 months. I'm going to come and I'm going to do a work and I'm going to impregnate you, Mary. You're going to have a son. Awesome. But not for 10 months. What do you do when God says, I'm going to do something, and you're in that process, and the fulfillment isn't for a long time? you got to keep walking in obedience. You, you sometimes, when God shows up, you say, hey, just be still. What? Hey, I want you to just sit. What? Right? We like to be busy. Why? Because it's celebrated. Because it's honored. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible, there's this great story in Samuel. And, and, and it's when, it's when uh, Samuel actually uh, sacrificed something and he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to wait for the priest to do it. But he thought, well, I can't wait that long, and this is an honorable thing, and so I'm just going to do the sacrifice myself. And so he sacrifices to God. But it's despised by God. And, and the priest shows up and goes, what have you done? Don't you know that your obedience is better than sacrifice? Don't you know that just... Walking in the plan and the purpose of God, even though sometimes it feels like hell, even though sometimes, most of the time, it doesn't make sense. Don't you know that just walking the course that is jotted out for you and, and, and relying on him, trust, and listening to his voice, and coming to church, and hearing more, and learning more, and growing more, and reading the Bible, and, and you just keep going on that plotted course, if you just stick with obedience... And something powerful is going to happen. Amen. Something good is going to happen. But, but God, I don't want to go that way. But God, I, I kind of have some plans laid out for my life. I had a bunch. We were in Qualcomm Stadium three years ago. Come on, somebody. I mean, they don't even want it anymore. They want to build a new stadium. Why is that happening? Because God's going to give it to us, of course. Right? If we just walk in obedience, see, I believe that we abort the purpose and the plan of God too often when we stop walking in obedience. We, stop, we just say, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. There's things growing inside of me, and it's getting uncomfortable. There's things growing inside of me, and I don't know if I can handle the pain. Whew. Not only that, like people looking at me funny, people questioning me, people, people now questioning my husband. Well... What about this last thought? Let me give you this and we'll close. 
What about together? Together. Together. What do you mean by that, Ben? If you want to be used greatly by God, it will not be done by yourself. As anointed as you are, as gifted as you are, as talented as you are, as majestic as you think you are, guess what? The great thing that God wants to do in and through your life will be done in conjunction with other people. It will be done in a community of unity. It'll be done in a community called the church. It'll be done with a a spouse. It'll be done with other peers your age. It'll be done collectively because what God wants to do in your life is not just for you, but it's for others. What God did in Mary, what God came and announced to Mary was not for Mary, but it was for humanity. And the great thing that God wants to do in and through your life is not just for you. It is for others, but you will never accomplish it alone. You won't accomplish it alone. And I love the story of Mary because here's the angel and appears in Mary's room and talks to Mary. Now, I don't know why that is, probably because women like to talk, and so he appears live and talks with Mary, okay? Right? But, but, but God shows up to Joseph in a dream. Ain't no conversation needed. Yo, man, just do it. Right? But I love the whole story. Because here's God communicating to Mary. And Mary's like, okay, I'll do it. And then God appears to Joseph as well. And Joseph says, okay, I'll do it. Listen to me. What God wants to do will be done together, but you don't need to worry about the other people. You don't need to worry about the other person. You just need to worry about you and let God take care of the others that he's bringing along in the journey. Are you with me? See, can I be honest with you? Listen, when we started this church, now we started it with like 30 incredible people. Some of them moved from Las Vegas. Some of them moved from Oregon. We connected with some other ones here. And man, God brought this team together and it was just awesome as we met in our little thousand square foot condo in downtown San Diego all talking and dreaming about what's God going to do, driving by every building thinking that's going to be ours one day. Such an incredible journey. But you know what? Where there's people, there's issues. There's people, there's issues. And you know what? It gets really tiring when I continually try to get people on board with the vision that God has shown this church. And so I've come to this realization that I don't need to worry about anybody else. All I got to do is worry about me. God, what did you speak to me? Okay, I'm going to do that. But you know what? Humanity kicks in and I kind of be about, what about, what's wrong with them? Why can't they carry Jesus in their belly too? Can this be like a joint effort? I'll do two months. They can do two months. Just pass Jesus around and that'd make it a lot easier for me, right? But you know what I realized? I realized if I just worry about me and I just focus on me and what God's, I don't mean in a selfish, self-centered motive. I mean, God, okay, that's what you want to do. That's my part of the puzzle. Okay, God, I'm going to do my part of the puzzle. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to waste another moment or another minute trying to get other people on board. God, that is your plan. That is your agenda. You're building your church. You're building your kingdom. 
I can't do nothing about it. See, somebody here needs to hear this right now. You are, you, are, you are scrapping for your marriage, not focusing on you, but focusing on your spouse. And you just need to stop. And you need to allow God to work in you and do something in you and trust that he's working on the other side. Some of you in ministry, you just, need to, you just need to focus on what God has spoken to you and not worry about what's happening. Just trust God. Just say, God, you got it. God, you're speaking, whether it's a dream or whether you're showing it, you're working on the other end. Because it'll get real tiring if you spend all your time trying to get people on board. No, no, listen, this is what God did. No, literally, the baby is, it's, it's legit. I'm not gonna worry about it. But you know what? Trust God that it's gonna happen together, but don't force together. Allow God to speak on the other side and let him bring it together so that he can create something beautiful. God, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.